Welcome to the 36th episode of the Game Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Thompson. I have Michael Majors with me. We're a couple of platinum pros talking about some high-level constructed magic strategy. Before we actually get into things, I want to make sure to plug the Patreon because I haven't done that in a couple weeks. So if you guys out there are a fan of what we do, you want to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash thegamepodcast and show your support. That's really cool. One of the things that that happens is for one of the tiers, Majors and I post our deck list of what we would play in upcoming tournaments, like usually like the Friday beforehand. And Andrew Ziggis actually top aided GP Omaha with the list that I posted on Friday. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely really excited to see that. It's yeah, awesome. he, he sent me a message, and I, I think it would have taken a while because, you know, they have to post the top eight deck list and stuff. And then, like once I saw the Nahiri's in the spawning bed, I think I would have just been like more excited by it. But, yeah, he just told me outright, and it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. well, we're, we're recording this on a Sunday night, so I actually just got done watching the coverage and a couple hours ago, I guess uh, it was the quarters that he was on camera, and Marshall was talking about how these four-colored Nahiri, I was like, oh, hmm, I wonder. So, yeah, definitely really cool to see that. Sweet. Okay, so this week we're talking about modern. Standard is still happening, you know, but it's kind of boring, I guess. I don't know. There's a lot of Marvel, a lot of aggro decks popping up this weekend, and things were a little bit different, but not actually sure how much Standard is left in this season. So we're going to talk about modern instead. I'm down. Yeah, uh, especially since we're going to start with Death Shadow, right? Yeah, well, I mean, nothing gets me more excited in in Magic than Death Shadow. Dude, I love it. I, I remember... SCG Indie, was it? Where you were just like, man, I don't even know if I want to play this deck. Is that right after uh, Raptor 1? Yeah. Is that the next week? Yep. Yeah, you, I, I remember you were like, if I do well in this Grand Prix, which you ended up top eighting, you're like, I'll just I'll just fly to Indie. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I really want to go, but obviously if, if Jerry bought a plane ticket, I'm going to go. So I bought a plane ticket, played the deck, and also made top eight and found out that Death Shadow is the truth. Yeah, and then from there, it was like, okay, this Jun deck is okay, but what else can we do with this? Because you've talked about this before, where the, the shell is Death Shadow, Thoughtseize, Street Wraith, and that's it. Yeah, it's like, once you ever learn something new about, like, the way that you can construct a shell in a, in a format that's as powerful as modern, it kind of just, like, opens up this, this whole new horizon. It's like, well, where can I just, like, put this small number of cards in different places and just see what happens? Like, how can I push it as hard as I can? Yeah, and this show has two instances of that, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, yeah. I guess it was almost three months ago now. We were sketching out Grixis lists. Uh, I streamed for a couple weeks and basically just, like, messed around with it on there. And <laughs> I, I refuse to believe this, but but apparently we just got it right. Yeah, we nailed it. Or at least no one else has been willing to change anything. But I don't know. Even now when we build these lists, we're still sticking with like two Inquisition and two or three Stubborn Denials, you know? I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, at this point, I feel like, you know, there's so much validation of just like so many different eyes on the deck list and playing it and being successful. It's like, I, I guess it's just right. I don't know. I don't think it's inertia though, man. I, I do feel like... So you sent me your list, right? I just played a local tournament at Mox Boarding House, and no big deal, went 301, you know? But uh, Dude, nice. Yeah, Draw, though? Draw? Why? We, we drew in the last round so that I could go get food. Okay, legit. I was starving. The list that I played was just a thing that I made, you know? Had, like, kind of been paying attention to what was going on as far as, like, Grand Prix and stuff. And then you sent me a list on Saturday, like, a couple days after the tournament. We had not talked in between then, and your deck was, like 
two cards off the main deck of mine and just like some slight cosmetic changes in the sideboard. It's even like the one ofs in the sideboard were all basically the same, you know? We are kind of building decks the same way, which is nice because it, it kind of like reinforces your beliefs where it's like if someone else also feels the same way that like, you know, two Inquisitions is the right number or whatever, then cool, right? But it's also kind of weird because it's like, we probably should be talking to people with different opinions than us instead of just like us continually patting each other on the backs, but... I, I generally agree with that latter statement, but I, in terms of like Death Shadow specifically, Grixis in this case, it's I don't I don't know anyone with a different opinion. That's the weird thing about it. Well, yeah, I mean, we built the deck and... I, I guess we just nailed it. I don't know, because you would think that at some point people would be going up and down on those numbers, but that hasn't really been the case. For sure, there's, like, some locked-in stuff. Like, I think the the creature base is pretty much spot-on, and, like, the number of cantrips pretty spot-on, and, like, you want some bare-bones number of interaction. I know people are, like, three or four fatal push, one or two lightning bolt, maybe a terminator two, two colgans command across the board, pretty much, and then it's just, like... Obviously, you have to play four Thoughtseize, so then you only have so many numbers left, so it's like, I guess I want to play some Stubs and some Inquisitions, so two and two, or three and two, or whatever. Yep. Yeah, so that list is kind of set in stone. Uh, our sideboards were a little bit different. You had a Buy Force where uh, I, I had a Painful Truths. That was the card that I wanted to try out, and it was fine, but I'm definitely down with playing a Buy Force. I think that's a good idea. And then I just forgot that Ceremonious Rejection existed, so I played Counter Squall instead, because I was, like, building the deck right before I went to the tournament and didn't actually have time to, like, do my research or whatever. Yeah, Ceremonious Rejection is definitely the way to go against Tron, specifically Eldrazi Tron, and even things like Affinity and Lantern, I think it's really nice, and it's certainly better than Fulminator Mage. Yeah, I think Ceremonious Rejection is the largest contribution from the hive mind. It's like, every, everybody's playing it now, and it, it makes a lot of sense. It looks really good. Yeah. Our list is kind of set in stone. I am basically 100% to play it at Grand Prix Las Vegas. There are, there are other things that you can do. Like, people were playing, like, Sultai and Abzan and Jund with, like, either Stubborn Denial main deck, maybe some in the sideboard, or, like, the Lingering Souls in the sideboard, Ranger Vios main deck. Uh, some people played both of those, which I think is just heresy. I think it's just pretty bad, <laughs> and you should just not do that. That's just, like, asking for trouble. But, you know, whatever, teach their own. There's a lot of different versions out there. I do think Grixis is among the best of them. The more of these Death Shadow-type mid-range decks that there are, the the more and more, like, Snapcaster Mage just gets better and better. I think you could do without the red, realistically. Like, I could see something like Esper or... Maybe Sultai also being just as good. You know, like, the the red doesn't add a whole lot. Like, Kolagon's Command with Snapcaster just gives you, like, such a big advantage in the mid to late game, but it is it is tiny. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also, like, kind of free. I've, I've seen people playing just blue-black. Uh, the people that I saw that played those 5-0 lists specifically were playing Delver, which I think is, is awful. I made that very apparent many times, but, you know, and their, their list was just, like, super straightforward, and it looked clean, so it was just, like, all four of us. I don't think I actually saw those, but I'll go look right now. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just like four water grave and, you know, all the all the stuff you would expect to see in the deck. Okay, I do think that the third color is free. I agree with that. I don't think the fourth color is free, let alone the fifth color, but some three color iteration of this, and I'm leaning towards saying like blue-black is the best. From there, it's, it's kind of up to you. I don't know. Like, I do think that Grixis is slightly better. I think Terminate is the best two-mana removal spell. I would much rather have Terminate to cover my bases in the pseudo-mirrors, like the ones with Delve Fatties, 
because once you have like push and lightning bolt as your early removal, like you need something to clean up the big things, and like Saltai doesn't really give you that. I agree with that. I, I actually had never thought of this until you just mentioned it, but I was going to be like, well, I actually think the fourth color is pretty free, but the reason I believe that is that it's not free in Grixis specifically because you need double blue to enable Snapcaster Thought Scour or Snapcaster Serum Visions, but I do think it's pretty free in the green versions. Uh, the fourth color is, I still prefer to not have it. No, I totally understand that, but, and, and I don't mean to derail the podcast in this direction because that's not really what this episode is about, but just talking about like all these different variations on Death Shadow is why I do think it's just, it's, it's, it's a problem. Well, it's really well let me, do. let me say that if I was playing Jund, I do like the idea of Stubborn Denial. I would play those. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. But Lingering Souls, I've never been a fan of. I guess like we both played a bunch and we haven't really talked about this, but like how, how big of a deal do you think Lingering Souls is? Because in my mind, it's just like kind of comical as long as the person who is playing, like, is reasonably prepared for it. Like, if you're Jund, you have, like, a Maelstrom Pulse and some Liliana the Last Hopes. If you're Grixis, you have, like, a Staticaster. Both versions could play any explosives. Like, to me, it just has never done anything. Yeah, I generally agree. Well, it's weird to me. So this is actually a, a pretty good point of discussion because we were just talking about, like, how we haven't necessarily met people with different opinions about Death Shadow, but everyone seems to think that Lingering Souls is, like, this very powerful card in the mirror match, and... Generally speaking, I agree. It's it just hasn't been that good. Like I can understand. Like say you have no threat and you've just been ground into the dust and you're at six life and your opponent peels lingering souls. Like yeah, you'll probably lose to it unless you have one of the above. But it could have been anything and that would have beaten you. Most likely. I mean, it's possible that that situation occurs while they're also holding a fatal push or something. And yes, that is possible. Then you're in a bad spot. But realistically, like you only get into those positions where souls is good if they've successfully killed all of your threats. Yes. Generally, in my experience, I've either had some some card that, like you were saying, you're prepared for engineering explosives or Maelstrom Pulse uh, specifically, or I've just had, like, a big thing, and I've managed their real threats, and they're just, like, chump blocking, and it's just delaying the inevitable. Right, and there were even past iterations where I still had the Battle Rages or the Gore Clan Rampager, and it was even more embarrassing. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I get the logic, because, you know, traditionally... Abzan versus either blue control decks or various rock mirror matches like Lingering Souls kind of was a breaker because it was multiple threats in one card. Like, I understand the logic, but just the way the games have played out, I haven't really seen that. Yeah, it's way different now because the threats kill you so quickly. It's not like you can take three hits from a Tarmogoyf and still be fine. It's generally like you take two hits and you're probably dead because it's so big and you're also paying life to, like, street race and stuff trying to do the Death Shadow thing, so... And these mirror matches specifically, like... The person with Lingering Souls is also at a low life total, so, like, maybe they're, like, attacking with one spirit, and they have to, like, jump with the other one, and then, like, you know, this is, it's a slow decaying of resources. Right, and it's, like, it, it feels so good in those games where you're both attrited down to nothing, but, yeah, like you said, basically anything does it. For me, I would much rather have a Planeswalker in that spot, like Liliana the Last Hope. Or a Culligan's Command. Sure, but, yeah, La- Last Hope is the card that I think is good in those spots, and also is just good against Souls. So it just kind of gets the nod for me. And yeah, if you're playing Grixis and you already have K Command, then great. Yeah, I, I do think a lot of people are playing Last Hope in basically all of the variations, at least in their sideboard. So. Yeah, but I, I would just probably have more. I would have two sure. where they have one or whatever. I mean, I also think that's a nod to not playing Souls. It's like if everybody's playing Liliana, it matches up very, very well against Lingering Souls. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, oh, Ranger of Eos. So I like the Ranger of Eos. I don't think it's necessarily worth splashing for. Again, it's one of those things, like, I get it, but I've never seen the moment where someone has, like, five lands on the battlefield, and they're like, they peel Traverse, and they're like, oh, man, we did it. 
I'm gonna or I'm gonna get my ranger vs and then I I just beat my opponent with it. It is usually like a three turn setup, but I do think that it's good. I mean, it just seems so slow. Like, and obviously, this is a kind of a stupid argument, but it's like it just opens you up to these situations of just like getting thought seized and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. How much utility do you need your traverses to have? I think most people have figured out that just getting a death shadow a lot of the time is enough utility. You know, like you could do cutesy things with sideboard hate bears and ranger vios and gore clan rampager and stuff but it's like you don't need it yeah I, th I think the only one i would be potentially interested in now is ghost quarter because it's free like you traverse you and you immediately do the thing for for no mana yeah that's the situation where traverse is actually good but when you're traversing for like a four mana card that draws you two of your best cards it is like a little slow i think if i were already playing white i would play the ranger of eos but like i would just not want to play white because i don't think that splash alone is worth it yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. I would just stick with my pairing my Tarmogoyfs with my Stubborn Denials and being happy with that. Hell yeah. Just just pair everything with Stubborn Denial. That's that's the moral of the story. Pretty much. The red the red is pretty good. The red is generally light. You are higher on Tarfire, I think, than most. Yeah, so my argument for this is, generally speaking, Death Shadow does not need all of its cards to win the game. And the strength of Death Shadow is that it is extremely lean and efficient and has a better average top deck than your opponent so for you to enable all these things you just need your deck to function and tarfire is the easiest way for your deck to function and in addition to this uh collected company which is something we're going to be talking about next is really really popular right now because vizier combo has enabled you know these devoted druid decks to exist so tarfire is actually just good against like a very popular deck right now yeah and i think modern just in general like a lot of the decks are the pretty scary like very fast small creature decks so it would be nice if everything killed death shadow but i think you should play like the four fatal pushes and some amount of terminates or whatever and then also have some tar fires because like the the green versions are good because traverse is good but you actually do have to work a little bit to get traverse active on turn three yeah, I think it's a common misconception that, like, Traverse is free, but it's really not. You actually do have to make some some deck-building sacrifices. You're not always just going to draw Mishra's Bobble plus Street Wraith every game. Right. And in, in the metagames where Tarfire is not very good, I think you should look into playing Architects at Will. Or just play Grixis. Or that, yeah. I mean, Thought Scour is a hell of a card. Also, I mean, being able to Tarfire yourself is... I mean, it's fine. It really is. I've done it. It feels bad, but it is good. That is like a winning line. That's like basically drawing an additional Street Wraith, which can kind of turbocharge your draw sometimes. Yeah, I think I... So I've only played one live tournament with, well, with Death Shadow, period, but it was Jund, and I think I tarfart myself at least three or four times, so... Yeah, I think the first three times I cast it, two were at me. I mean, it, it doesn't feel good, and I understand the card, you know, it feels really crappy, especially compared to Lightning Bolt just straight up, but... I really think Tarfire is super important to traverse shadow variants, and I mean, sure, if you only want to play two, I guess I get it. I would play three personally, but the people playing one or cutting it, I think, are just wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. I've, I've played enough online after those two tournaments where I just have, like, a traverse or two sitting in my hand with, like, three card types, and I'm just like, what the hell is this, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're just, you're sacrificing the strength of the deck if you cannot cast traverse, like, within the first three turns. Yep. And I was losing games that I basically couldn't have if I had Delirium. And yeah, you just got to make a, a couple little sacrifices that you wouldn't otherwise make. But Death Shadow is still the best. It, it seems like people are kind of figuring out, at least like, they're not necessarily hating it out, but they're figuring out how to beat it with like their decks, at least like the best that they can. So 
Death Shadow is not dominating in the way that you might say that like Marvel is dominating standard where it might have like six in the top eight of a Grand Prix or something, but it is winning a lot of tournaments. I mean, my biggest issue with Death Shadow, and I wrote an article about this last week, and I think a lot of people kind of misunderstood what my argument was. They were like, dude, you don't need to ban Death Shadow. It's you, it's beatable. You know, everything's fine. Like, you're just, you're just calling for bans. Like, this is the problem with the standard bans is it leads people down this, like, mindset. That's not really what I was arguing at all. The issue is that Death Shadow just allows you to build your deck however you want, and taking away those constraints in the modern format is potentially very problematic, especially in the future when more cards get printed. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that's kind of the, the situation that we're in now, where we've had enough of these, like, Jund upgrades printed, and... We were kind of fortunate that Probe got banned, so people looked at other ways to build Death Shadow, and I had built Death Shadow decks like this in the past, but it had kind of been burned, you know, so I didn't really want to try and do it again. And, yeah, we just ended up here, where it's like, we find this shell that is just kind of inherently broken, and there are just, like, six different versions of it that are just crushing tournaments. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely an interesting point to talk about. It's like, certainly there are other formats throughout the history of Magic where if you took what people knew about just because of, you know, readily available information... Uh, more understanding of a theoretical level of the game like you would build way way better decks in the past yeah i mean how many we could play ponder and preordain when cobble was legal yeah and we just completely blew it most likely i mean I, I think it's still kind of up in the air but i i do think that yeah for the most part like very easily could have just had six of those in my deck and my deck would have been like a lot more consistent and then if you find a way to play with eight then you know good god yeah, I think it's entirely possible that uh, you would not be playing for Celestial Colonnade for Tectonic Edge back in the day if you built your deck optimally, but I guess that's kind of a, a weird thing to talk about. Right, and that, and that's the thing, too, where it makes me think that, like, you know, maybe we weren't supposed to play all eight, but, you know, whatever. Like, we had the option, and now it's like, oh, man, these cards are just, like, fundamentally broken, and they're good enough to get banned in Modern, and, like, we just weren't playing them in Standard, and that happens. At any point, you could realize that you've been wrong this entire time, and you've been making, like, horrible, horrible mistakes, you know? Yeah, and, and that's all it takes is, like, somebody doing the work and kind of figuring out how to build this Jun Death Shatter deck, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, it wasn't Gitaxian Probe. I mean, Gitaxian Probe is broken, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't Gitaxian Probe, like, holding together this Death Shatter deck, especially, like, there's tons of different ways you can build it. Yeah, and, and Probe just tricked us into building our decks incorrectly. It was like, oh, let's go down this Monastery Swift Spear route, right? Yep. Because it looks so appealing, but no, like, we, we should not have been doing that, so. Yeah, dear God, if you could take the, either, any of the, or excuse me, any of the Death Shadow shells right now and put Probe in it, it would be unbelievable. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea how, how you would actually, like, go about building it, but yeah, I would certainly not want to play the Swift Spear version knowing what I know now. So, stack rank them. Favorite favorite Death Shadow decks to last? Grixis, Jun Splash Stub, Sultai, Abzan, whatever nonsense people try to jam into their Death Shadow deck last. Okay. Five color is at the bottom? Is that is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and, and I will say that with like the disclaimer of because they're probably really, really hard to build and nobody's gotten it right yet. Yeah, I mean I think you can't really go wrong with either of them. I think that, you know, our, our rankings are the exact same. You can certainly play whatever you want and still do quite well because the three-card shell is that good, but I would highly recommend Grixis. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I'm going to admit there's a personal bias there, but and it's what I'm going to play in Las Vegas. I just think the deck's great, but... It's funny, right? It's a personal bias, but it's also the thing that went, like, first, first, third last week, so... 
Yeah, well, I, I just don't know. So Goldfish data would suggest that is the you know most winningest popular deck. You know, we we talked about this the last time we went through a bunch of modern decks, and it's you know finally usurped Jun Death Shadow. But I think it might just be kind of like flavor of the week thing. Who knows? It's possible. I don't know, man. Like the more I play Grixis, oh man, it's actually number one right now. That's what I'm screaming. Grixis Death Shadow number one deck. We did it. We're at the top. We did it, man. It only took three months, but we did it. <laughs> Beat, beat out old affinity yeah eldrazi tron number two shout out to todd stevens nice yep. work well done i think they're super close i think it's grixis but also biased if it's close i'm gonna say that grixis is best because of the bias but i do think that if if nothing else grixis is at least tied for first yeah i'm, I'm fine with saying that I, I do think that the closer people push towards like you know super no nonsense tarmogoyf tarfire stubborn denial that deck just looks better and better to me, but I still have a few issues with the way most people build it. Yeah, me too. I'm looking at Magnus's most recent list. He has one Tarfire, two Battle Rage, Lingering Souls. He has Disdainful Stroke in his sideboard, which I don't know, could be good, but... Does he have Stub Main or just Blue in the board? He has two Main, yeah. Okay. I, th- I think that's really weird to play both Battle Rage and Stubborn Denial. Yeah, me too. Three Fatal Push, two Decay. I don't know. Hate it. Yeah, I mean, Decay is actually getting to the point where, like, your mana is going to start getting goofy. That number of Decays, anyways. Yeah, I mean, once you start playing four or five colors, and he does have all five colors, how often do you have double green? You just don't. Yeah. Especially especially when your other lands are Watery Grave and Godless Shrine, you know? Yeah, you might end up pigeonholed in situations where you can't traverse plus threat in the same turn, and that's really, really weak. Yep. So, another issue. All right. Uh, let's move on to the new fun thing, I guess. Death Shadow's, like, kind of old hat at this point. Yep, it's the, uh, the dinosaur of modern. Yep, little little Vizier Remedies action. How do you feel about this? Just, like, this shell in general. Uh, so I like a... Well, okay, let me say that I'm not really a big fan of Collected Company decks in modern, especially. They're just not really my thing. I never really learned how to play Birthing Pod, and I'm sure that's where, like, a lot of the apprehension comes from. More and more, there was a slippery slope where I just didn't learn Birthing Pod, so I felt like I could never compete with someone who like knew it well in the mirror, etc., etc. So I was never really into like Birds of Paradise decks in Modern. One thing I will say is that I'm very impressed with the amount of uh, innovating people have done with Vizier in such a short time. Dude, this last week was great for me. I had so much fun. Playing specifically just like- or just birding? No, just looking over deck lists and stuff, because it was like, the Malira Company deck exists, right? And that's been around... And people have iterated on that, and then it's like, oh, this Vizier thing comes out, and people are just putting it in that deck. And they're like, oh man, is this deck busted? Like, alright, we have some tournaments, and it does like, okay, but not great. And then some other people are playing with it, like BBD, Juza, and they're talking on social media about how, like, the deck doesn't seem very good to them, and like, what are they missing? And then people are just like, oh yeah, the deck's not very good. That's just a thing that happens where... You, f- you find out, like, this new combo, you build a deck around the combo, the deck ends up not being good, and then you just drop it. But thankfully, there were some people out there that actually, like, put it in other places, because it's not like it just goes in one home. The same is true of Death Shadow, too, and, like, to some degree, we did we did some of the work making Grixis a thing and all that, right? And other people were out there, like, putting Vizier Remedies in other decks, so uh, it was really cool for me to see that and see such a short turnaround time. One of the decks we're going to talk about is, is basically elves putting the combo in, and that's the coolest one to me. It's like, I didn't think of it, obviously, but like once I saw the deck list or saw that people were playing, it, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense, and that's really smart. Yeah, I played against it in one of my Magic Online videos, and it was like, 
Alright, this guy is just green-white, and he has devoted druid, so I guess he has the combo, and then he played Endeadal Sentinel, and I'm just like, oh, I know what's going on here, and that's awesome. Yeah. At, at first, I was like, oh man, I don't think I want, like, four Vizier of Remedies in my elf deck, you know, that doesn't make a lot of sense, and, like, yeah, they just play one. I think maybe you should play more than one, personally, but I, I think, it, like, the closer number is two than four. Yeah, I mean, if you have a witness or whatever, I don't know, I think it's fine, but... Yeah, but th- that that's just, like, my opinion on those sorts of things i do think elves is basically one of the most criminally underrated modern decks like throughout the lifetime of the format it's just much better than people give it credit for i am terrified of decks like that and i always try and build my decks in such a way where like i'm kind of hedging against them yeah my decks are typically not good against random go wide strategies that are very aggressive and have reach and have very powerful four mana instants so the coolest thing about putting it into elves for me is that you don't have these like, as many bad Vizier of Remedies. And it is also awesome to me that Azuri, a card that you would naturally just play, is also your win condition for infinite mana. Yep, I love that. I also think Dustwatch Recruiter, despite not being an elf, is very, very good in this shell. Just like Heritage Druid supercharges it, and you can kind of just go off. Yeah, it's already, like, a fringe card that you could see people playing anyway. Yeah, I, I would not be shocked if three months ago a random person had, you know, one or two Dustwatch Recruiter in their elf stack. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I guess if you're starting with, like, a low-ish base, but you have Heritage Druid, and you, you're, like, courting for two or something, like, that might be just the card that you want to find anyway. Yeah, I mean, if it lives for a turn cycle, then you're probably going to draw four cards off of it. Yep. So, Abzan, I think, is not very good, and I think that that deck has not been very good for a while. Just, like, the Malira combo, and now it has this combo instead. Yeah, I mean, that's what you are alluding to at the beginning of this section. It was like, well, people were like, yeah, it makes sense to put it in the... Abzan, Malira, company combo deck, and obviously we can just slot it in pretty simple. And if you combine it with Kitchen Finks, it's also an infinite combo, correct? Kitchen Finks, Vizier, and a sack outlet, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, we just slot it right in, it's fine, but like you said, the deck is kind of average, and so I think a lot of people wrote it off as, you know, this Vizier combo not being particularly good, but once you start trying to incorporate other decks, it's great. Uh, we saw that in various, like, Corhelm Retreat Nightfall strategies, which I think is dope. Yeah, there are Knight of the Reliquary decks uh, that also play Collected Company and Court of Calling and have the combo with a Wolf Run, which I think is cool, because Knight can fetch it up. And then once you're at that point, is there a reason to not play Coral Helm Retreat? Like, maybe you want blue cards anyway, but there was a Japanese list, I think, that got ninth that had, like, three main deck Magus of the Moons and was straight Naya. And then there was, like, the MTG Mint card, Kelvin Chu, uh, Su Ching Kuo got, like, 29th, 30th with just bant with a uh, wolf run and Korhelm retreat and then Ely cassis was also doing like similar things to them so a lot of different shells to come out of last week yeah i certainly have no educated opinion about which of those is the best but the fact that there's so much diversity and so many options available to be is really cool so there's the shell right there's like birds maybe nobles but you have devoted druid as another mana creature you have yeah the druid vizier you have Cord collected company and then you have like a lot of slots that you have to fill in and the thing that i didn't really like about the absand decks was that they couldn't really rely on killing people with damage especially once you put in like goblin piker and a two mana o2 in your deck <laughs> like your ability to just like nickel and dime people out with like grizzly bears and kitchen finks just kind of goes away and i think that the naya and bant decks both do a reasonable job of like having knight of the reliquary as an additional threat or like Reflector Mage, Spell Queller, like these things that can actually deal your opponent damage so that you're not hard-pressed to like comboing your opponent every single game. I think people really underestimate how powerful Core Helm Retreat is just like as a generic magic card. 
It's basically like the worst tireless tracker of all time that can also like just tap your opponent's blockers and kill them. The upside to retreat for me is is it static caster. Mm, okay, cool. Yeah, I've never actually seen that particular interaction exist. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do they play it in the main deck? So I was surprised. They had three in the sideboard, and Kelvin Chu, I believe, also played Bant, Retreat, or Nightfall, whatever you want to call it, maybe like six months, 12 months ago, something like that. And his his deck... No, maybe maybe it was Ed B. Ed B definitely had a bunch of Staticasters in his sideboard at some South American GP. And I think maybe like Kelvin Chu did too, but I, I do remember Ed B doing this. And... At the time, they didn't have Cord because they didn't have a real reason to. It was just like, oh, let's play Collected Company and that's it, you know? Yeah. And now that they have Cord, I was shocked to not see a Staticaster main deck. They just had three in the sideboard. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It's it's definitely a brutal mirror breaker at the very least, too. I, I will take any excuse to play that card. Yeah, I, I just remember a couple months ago playing against some version of, of Core Home Retreat on Moto and, like, my opponent attacked with a creature and I was going to die and I, like animated my creature land and went to block and he like cracked his fetch land and tapped it and killed me and i was like oh that card does a lot yeah no it, it turns all your mana dorks into lotus cobras it lets you scry a bunch of set up your combo like it is a completely reasonable card so yeah obviously when you have that ability to like tap their blockers like you want to be able to pressure your opponent and you don't want to be pigeonholed into comboing every game so you need some other threat in your deck. Knight of the Reliquary on its own is not going to do it, but like Megas of the Moon is kind of like its own one card combo, which I think is pretty nice. You could play like Reflector Mage, Spellqueller, like I said, Voice of Resurgence, Finks, like random stuff, and like maybe actually try and kill your opponent with damage. And I think that that is the best plan. It's just like put pressure on them while you're also threatening the combo and just put them in a squeeze. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like to build my creature decks in that manner. I think Megas of the Moon is probably the best it's been in a very very long time there's just so many fatal pushes relative to lightning bolts right now oh yeah uh reed played four push two bolts a lot of the death shadow decks are cutting tar fire or just abandoning red so yeah magus is is kind of like a hard lock <laughs> yeah i mean it's awfully close honestly i don't know i want to i want to try the coral helm deck for sure just to see like that card in action and it certainly puts your opponents in a tighter spot where you have like bunch of different combos that you can actually use but straight naya with magus the moon also looks really appealing yeah i don't really have any concept of where i would start so you think that bant with like reflector mage is probably where you'd begin probably i I do think that the deck needs another threat and i don't know if that's like tireless tracker or something i think most lists i've seen play a couple trackers in the main which makes a lot of sense tracker is just sweet man noble into tracker is just game yeah, fetch lands with, with Tracker are pretty filthy, and we're even starting to see it pop up in, like, Valakut sideboards. It sees, like, marginal play in, like, lands legacy sideboards. That card's just really, really good. So, yeah, I would start there. Uh, other than that, we have a bunch of random stuff, too, which was really cool. It wasn't even just, like, the Vizier decks getting iterated on. It was just everything else. Like, we saw new versions of Living End. You, you wrote about, like, some weirdo versions, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh... Definitely a lot of decks in Modern have just kind of received upgrades from Amonkhet. Living End is, is sort of the one that hasn't really changed fundamentally at all, but it basically just got more one-mana cyclers, so the deck is more consistent, more streamlined, and goes off faster. The lists I was writing about were just kind of goofball. You know, here are things you can do. That's sort of the way I like to approach uh, Modern specifically when I'm writing about the new set. But you can combine, like, as foretold with Living End in a play-a-normal-game-of-magic way and just, like, use it as a wrath and as a win condition. But uh, I did actually play with the deck a little bit, and it was not good, but still, okay. still a cool concept, I think. 
Dude, I do think that as foretold, Teleria West is just kind of busted. I don't know what you're supposed to be doing with it, but there are a lot of a lot of options. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried a bunch of shells, but you know, I was I was playing against these lean, mean Grixis machines, and I just kept losing. So. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they have discard and counter spells? <laughs> what like, <laughs> what genius thought to put those two together? It's like it's so messed up. I can't play my fun decks because the modern meta game is so good. <laughs> I do want to say that Modern is probably the best it's ever been at this point. In terms of, like, fun and health of the format? Yeah, just, like, overall diversity. Like, nothing is super busted. Like, obviously you can make the case for Death Shadow in general, but, yeah, like people were saying to you on your article, it's like, no, like, you don't have to ban it. It's beatable, you know? It's just, like, a new good thing. I actually enjoy playing Modern for, like, the first time in my life. Uh, I've I've enjoyed it in different spots for sure, but I, I agree that it's a lot of fun right now. Now, if you remove Death Shadow, I'm not sure how much I would enjoy it, but I, I I'd find something else. I would. I would, yeah. I would I would find some way to like learn how to cast Court of Calling, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never really been pigeonholed into modern decks. I've actually, well, I've, I've registered various Grixis control shells the most, but I played a lot of different decks in modern. I have too. I'm looking over like these top twenty decks on Goldfish, and it's like I've played some iterations of like all of these. I guess, like, Lantern is the one that I've never actually touched. I, I was trying to learn it for the Team Grand Prix, but it was just too... It took too many cards, basically. Okay. I, I like it. I think it's really good. Yeah, I agree. It's something I would actually, like, I think enjoy playing, but I've never gotten around to it. Well, if if and when you get Death Shadow banned, or whatever card you get banned, probably Street Wraith, I guess. Maybe that's what we pick up. Dude, I don't think banning Street Wraith is enough. Yeah, probably not. I think I think it would still be good, like... Well, anyways, diff- different discussion, but I don't think they well, should so we'll save that towards the end. But yeah, then it's like, okay, I get to play two dismembers now. Thank you. Pretty much. <laughs> it's, it's just like kind of stupid. Play two dismembers in a land. I guess my Serum Visions are a little bit worse. Well, we talked about how modern is fun and how we enjoy it. So you want to talk about Dredge? <laughs> <laughs> Flawless segue. <laughs> uh, I, I also don't know anything about Dredge, to be completely honest. It looks like people... Are mostly just kind of getting around to adjusting to the Golgari Grave Troll ban. It's not really anything to do with Amonkhet specifically. I know Ben Friedman played like a sheltered thicket, but yeah, and the thicket looked good. Okay, but like it was more like I'm going to play a bunch of collective brutalities and make my deck a little bit more resilient than we've seen in the past because now my deck isn't as explosive because we don't have Grave Troll. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you you trade Dredge six for a Dredge four, and it's like the deck is still good. And what makes it good is the fact that it's so difficult to interact with. And that didn't change. Yeah, also Conflagrate is just, like, a completely messed up magic card. I definitely agree with that, too. Just completely annihilates Vizier of Remedies decks. Yeah, and, and I like that. I mean, Collector Brutality has been a part of Dredge Sideboards for forever, but I like that Brutality also gives you, like, more chip damage in the main deck to help your Conflagrates finish out the game. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that, and you have all the Blood Gas and stuff, too. Like, the, the deck is very much about nickel and diming people. You know, Dredge is still really good. You should show some respect for it, play more now, spell bombs, etc. But I don't think it's changed too much. It's just people who are proponents of Dredge have kind of figured out how to build their decks. Yeah, it, I mean, a card got banned, and then people were just like, ah, Dredge is dead or whatever. And then slowly but surely, it has picked up a little bit more in popularity as people like still played it and continue to do well with it. I think that was the one big fear was that, you know, you could still play the same deck, but it would be less good. But I, I think that that has kind of been proven otherwise at this point. Yeah, for selfish reasons, I kind of wish Dredge was banned into Oblivion. 
but I do think that the Grave Troll ban actually put it in like a reasonable power level, and that it's completely fine that it exists the way that it does. Yeah, to me, Dredge just occupies the same spot Affinity did, where it was like, oh man, like I have to put like an extra artifact removal card in my sideboard or something, and now I just feel the same way about Graveyard Hate. Yeah, it's, it's probably irrational of me to feel that like the Affinity games are a lot more interactive and fun for me to play than against Dredge. I don't actually know if that's reality, but odds are, odds are it's not. I don't know. There are, there are commonly played cards that are still good against Affinity. Like, you can play Lingering Souls and Lightning Bolt and stuff like that and interact with them to some degree, but Dredge is just like, you need to kill them, or you need to have your sideboard cards, and that's just about it. Yeah, but I mean, they're a lot closer on the spectrum than I think, in my head, I give it credit to. I mean, that that's certainly reasonable. Like, they are both good. Burn also, just because, to some degree, they do not interact with you. Yep. No, actually, Burn and Dredge might be the the better comparison yeah that's fair so dredge is good I'm, I'm gonna be ready for you probably gonna lose game one but i'm gonna be ready for you i might have some late lines in vegas i know that you were talking about how you didn't like that idea but i think i might just do it yeah i'm less high on ley line but i i definitely am gonna register anger of the gods i've convinced myself yep i'm doing that too and that's another reason to not play four colors is because you need that second blood crypt oh cutting the second blood crypt is lunacy but neither here nor there i guess but even as far as, like, Jund, right? It's like, you usually had the option of fetching, like, a second red source or a third green source or whatever, but instead you had to get, like, your your blue or white mana. And now it's like, if you need to get your white mana, you probably can't cast Anger, so... Sticking to three colors helps you do that. Yeah, you're, you're stuck with your K returns, and you can't Anger the new Dredge homies. Yeah, dude. K return is not nearly as good. I am not concerned about Edge Champion at all. I also think that if, like... L's Vizier combo starts to exist, then two damage versus three damage is a very real difference. No, I, I definitely agree. There's always like Nakatl, Prized Amalgam, or whatever that makes me want like the extra number on Anger or Radiant Flames or whatever I'm playing. Yeah. Uh, another tiny thing that I want to mention is Sensor in Ad Nauseam. Uh, one of the Japanese players top eight at the Grand Prix last weekend with two copies, and I think that's really good. Yeah, I think that's really smart. I, I've seen it pop up in like various blue control decks uh, or blue mid-range decks, kind of ones and twos. I assume people just like throwing them into their deck list, five owing, and then you know not really thinking much of it. They just wanted to yeah. try the card out. But it it definitely makes a lot more sense in that nauseum specifically. I think like you want to interact on like a very key turn, and then you just cycle it away and dig towards your combo if you don't interact. So like it kind of just fits both the best of both worlds. Yeah, and it's it's just, like, sweet with, like, the scry lands and the serum visions and all that stuff. I d just think it's a really good fit for that deck, and uh, I think I would prefer to have three copies, depending on how much you actually feel like you need to interact with your opponent, but certainly some number you should have. I wonder if it's just, like, the better version of Remand in the world we live in these days. It's possible. I was certainly thinking about how Sensor would also just be good in Scapeshift. You know, there's so many times where remand, you know, you're just desperately trying to remand your opponent's one mana spell so that you can draw a card. But, like, Sensor fits fits that, that role when it's, you know, applicable, but you can also just have a legitimate interaction spell. Uh, maybe it wasn't the top eight of Kobe. I'm actually looking at the list now. I saw it somewhere. Maybe it was the top 32 list. Who knows? But it looked good. It checks out. Something that did top eight that tournament, though, that is super dope, was the four Painful Truce Esper Control deck with Glory Bound Initiate. Yeah, you had to love this deck, right? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. I was a, a huge fan of the Jeskai Black decks that moved towards four Soulfire Grandmaster, four Painful Truths, and this is exactly that deck. Yeah, I guess that does make me think, like, is Glory Bound Initiate better than 
Soulfire, but this allows you to play blue instead of like hard locking you into Mardu. Yeah, you don't actually have to play Lightning Bolt in your deck. I guess like Bolt is like not really. We just kind of talked about how that's not really a place you want to be right now, anyway. So yeah, until everyone starts registering Megas of the Moon. Four Initiate, four Snapcaster, one Tassiger, a Batter Skull, two Cryptic Command, a Devour Flesh, which I think is actually pretty sweet. Three Push, two Leak, two Path Exile, two Snare, three Brutality, two Souls, four Truths, four Visions, two Thoughtsies, twenty three Land. What would you do to this deck? Because it looked a little rough to me. I don't know. I, I think a, a lot of this makes sense. I think like you might even be able to go harder on the, you know, life loss versus life gain theme. Like maybe you can just play four Thoughtsies and like no spell snares or something along those lines. Because I think Thoughtsies is way way better than spell snare. How awkward would it be to like merge that with Death Shadow? <laughs> it's weird, right? So obviously on the surface you'd be like, well, it's really stupid because you know exerting your glory banner and shit means that you can't play your Death Shadow, but. There are some number of games where, you know, you just never draw Death Shadow or you draw them very late in the game where, you know, maybe you could give yourself a life buffer with Glory Banner Initiate and then just, like, draw more cards, play more magic, and then eventually play Death Shadow later anyway. When I have a deck with four Painful Truths in it and four Snapcaster Mage, I just want to, like, make the rest of my spells as lean as possible. Oh, yeah, just because you don't want to draw Cryptic Command off those cards. I mean, I, I like Cryptic Command in these blue decks because drawing one in combination with the Snapcaster Mage is like kind of the check mark once you've stabilized. So, so I don't mind that really, but like Lingering Souls looks kind of bad to me. Fell Snare, Manly kind of sucks these days. Like I, maybe it's still fine, but may, maybe that can just be Sensor. Yeah, I don't know. I think Leak is okay. Leak certainly lines up better against one mana spells than Sensor does. I certainly. think you need some souls to just have a natural thing that feeds brutality instead of relying on you having a painful truth. But yeah, I mean, I definitely want the proactive card. Like, I want Thoughtseize or Inquisition with my painful truths instead of Spell Snare, even though Spell Snare is a little bit better to draw off the painful truths. It just feels like this deck is tapping out a lot, which is another reason why I don't necessarily like Cryptic Command. Yeah, I buy that. I, I'm not actually sure if you want a batter skull, but I, I guess it's just like another win condition. But I would rather go the route of a little bit leaner, probably play another Tassiger. Just one Delve spell seems low. Maybe even just play like yeah. some Logic Knots. Oh, I was thinking Cut. Sure. I guess Shambling Vent's pretty but, bad with Logic Knot. But if, if you have like Push and uh, Path, maybe you don't need Cut, so yeah, it should just be a Tassiger. Dude, I, I love these deck building decisions with, with Jeskai Black back in the day. It was like, do you want a Delve Threat or do you want a Delve Removal spell? And it was like, how you how you change your deck, change which one you want. Uh, I always just wanted more draw threes and more removal spells. Yeah, I mean, you, sure, you can do that. But, like, there's there's a point where, especially now, like, you have Push and Path, you would prefer the Fatty instead of the Cut, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly different situations. But I've always preferred to, like, beat my opponents through volume rather than play, like, Protect the Queen. It's probably why I don't like Delver. Yeah, I mean, I, I mostly just think that Delver kind of sucks in general now. Like, the cards have all gotten better, and Delver is super small ball. And it never flips, but, and it makes me really mad. But, like, if Tassiger brickwalls two three threes, it's better than a murderous cut, you know? So it just depends yeah, on definitely. what cards people are playing. I mean, and you're going to end up in board states where, you know, you're going to activate Tasker with this deck. Like, it's not super aggressive. Yeah, and I guess if you are doing that, then... The swap from, like, Snare to something like more Thoughtseizes or Inquisitions could be a detriment, but, oh well. Yeah. I think Devour Flesh looks really good. Like, maybe you just play two copies of that card. Yeah. Yeah, I think Flesh looks pretty nice. Like, Condemned sucks because the Death Shatter decks play such, like, a high frequency of discard spells that they can just, like, not attack on the key turns and make you just sink your mana. But Devour Flesh yep. just plays around that. Yep. Monastery Mentor could be okay here somewhere. I'm not sure where. Yeah, I mean, probably in the board. I do think the painful truce, like Thoughtseize, Serum Vision deck, makes a lot of sense to have some some mentors. He has some clicks, but 
So they're they're kind of the same function here, I think. Collect might just be better. Tormod's grip, that's a that's something. It dude is good off painful truth. It really, it really is. No, I, I I respect it. Nah, but I mean this this deck is to me is like the really cool deck that I that stands out from this past weekend. Who would have thought Glory Bound Initiate, top ace of GP in modern before standard? Yeah. <laughs> is that, well, no, nah, I mean, there's been some, like, blue-white tempo decks, right? Yeah, but it hasn't top eighted. Yeah, well, it was like the... It, it was a symptom of the schedule, right? Rather than anything else. No, nah, but it, it makes sense. It's like this... You, you can, like, play a Thought Seize, disrupt your opponent a little bit, just put down this threat. It's not like you're going to exert it every time. I think that's something that people miss a lot. It's like you can just clock your opponent with this card and it only costs two mana, and that's fine. And then once, like, your engine's running and you're kind of, like, interacting and doing your thing, that's when you're exerting. Yep. And you're just like, give me that four life. Like, I, I expect that most of the game's played out to where if he played this on turn two, he probably got, like, one hit in. And then when his opponent played a blocker, he exerted it that turn. And then they probably traded yeah. with it. Man. Another another blue deck, like, blue midrange deck with Ceremonious Rejection. I actually think that's really interesting. Do you think that, like, various Eldrazi decks and Eldrazi Tron are going to start falling out of favor because so many decks just randomly have rejections? I don't know. It's I mean, it's possible, especially, like, Eldrazi Tron could just play more Cavernous Souls, right? And then they just don't care. Um, I mean, it still, you know, interacts with their top end, Karn, Walking Ballista, things along those lines. Yeah, it, it still tags some stuff, but, like, if they just get to Thought, not you, then it's, it's just kind of downhill from there, right? Mm, it gets worse, but, like, they still have this option of, like, you know, trading one mana for six or one mana for seven, and that that exchange is so, just so detrimental to that strategy. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm just saying, if you get Thought Knotted, they could just take the rejection, or they could just, like, focus on playing Eldrazi and not, like, casting cards against you, you know? Yeah, I mean, all those things are true, but even this just being able to, like, tag a map, that's that's pretty huge. Yeah, that's a big deal. I would 100% do that against every opponent. Yeah, I've, I've managed, like, many maps in my days, and you know, felt kind of dirty about it, but you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. So, last card that I think is pretty cool that's been showing up a decent amount finally is Spell Queller. It's about time. You know, this this thing, I think, was kind of poised to be in Modern just since it came out, and now we're, like, finally in a place. I don't know if Fatal Push instead of Lightning Bolts has a lot to do with it, but certainly it's not nothing. Yeah, definitely something to do with it. I mean, obviously you can revolt your Fatal Push off of Fetchland and, and tag Spellcaller, but it's not free. Everything doesn't line up that way, so... Uh, Spellcaller's obviously been showing up in these various collected company decks because it's the magic number, and that's something we saw in Standard all the time, but I agree that Spellcaller just, like, hitting the majority of relevant spells in the format is just really powerful. Yeah, and then uh, Tamada's deck that he top-aided Kobe with just was, like, Snapcaster, Spellcaller, Lightning Bolts. Like, that was his whole deck. Well, and then he also he also top eight of the GP this weekend with I think Jeskai vehicles. Oh, nice! So the the man knows how to spell well. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's really cool. Yeah, they, I mean that used to be a modern deck back in the day. It was usually one with like Sphinx's Revelation, but it, at its heart, it was a burn deck. And this is kind of just like the evolution of that, just a little bit leaner, a little bit more pressure, and you have like Logic Knot to try to lock the game up. Yeah, Logic Knot is another nice one. Where when when I first looked over his list, I was looking for like mana leak or remand or something, and just like completely missed that he had it. Yeah, just just glossed over this four of, and I was like, oh, four logic knot. Yeah, I mean that's it's badass. No one else has done that. Yeah, I mean that was that was definitely a card. I know you've been a fan of for a while, and I made fun of you, and then I tried it out, and I was really impressed. So hell yeah, there you go. Just it was the glue of your brain in the jar deck. I know it was, dude. It was really good. <laughs> I, I I'm not sure I would still have the courage to play four of them, but. 
worth a lot, but his his curve is really cheap. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, very very frequently the card is just counterspell. Like it's very good. Yep. So that's awesome. I mean, I guess we we've seen like some variations of you know new decks kind of popping up because of Vizier. Uh, lots of like recent additions to deck lists uh, through Amonkhet cards, and then kind of just people innovating a little bit. So nice little combination of, of modern seeing some change. Yeah, dude, and it's it's part of what makes it so fun for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate that there's been, like, one weekend cycle of modern tournaments, and, like, I guess people probably just haven't been able to play for a while, so they've just been, like, holding on to all their technology. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I'm just glad that next modern tournament I go to, it's going to look way different than it did, like, six months ago. You know, it's not like I'm going to play against, like, Affinity, Burn, stuff like that every round. It's just going to be, like, all these cool new decks. Was the last modern tournament you played uh, SCG Andy? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. So, you haven't even had the pleasure of getting Eldrazi Tron or anything like that? Well, I played, like, the Players' Championship. Or no, Indy was after that. Yeah, okay. So, I've, I've played against Eldrazi Tron a little bit. Okay. No, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I agree with you that... Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say this because a lot of people are unhappy with Standard right now, but even that aside, I do think Modern is in a really awesome place. Yeah, me too. And again, this is coming from someone who had nothing nice to say about the format for, like, the last five years or whatever so yep lots of uh emails from the editor being like hey you guys shouldn't say that you hate modern <laughs> and now now it's like hey can you guys just <laughs> not say that you hate standard yeah just at least <laughs> if you have nothing nice to say don't say it at all <laughs> if you have nothing nice to say talk about modern right <laughs> exactly it's like i know you have plenty of nice things to say about modern so just stick with that so yeah vegas should be good looking forward to that we're probably going to do another show this week. What are we doing it on? I assume we should do it on Magic, because we missed last week. Uh, that's my fault. I was kind of stuck in travel back to Roanoke Hill. Ended up getting delayed on a flight, flying to another airport to refuel, flying back to the original airport. My flight had been canceled, and so I had to rent a car to get home to work the next day. So it was not great. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of wondering what happened. You're like, oh yeah, my rent-a-car. I was like, I thought your car might have broken down or something. Mm, I don't know. No, no. I, I just... Literally had no car, no flight, and did not trust them to get me back to record the next day, so I rented a car, and it was not the greatest travel experience. Yeah, traveling is interesting. Sometimes you just get got, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't really get mad about it anymore. I'm just like, you know, I'm disappointed. That's the best word. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, people can't do their jobs correctly. This is life now. Let's figure out how to solve this problem. Yeah, so when (laughs) when I walked out of the gate... And, like, I knew my flight had already been canceled or missed or whatever. And I just, like, see the American Airlines, like, wraparound line of people trying to file for compensation. And I'm like, ah, nope, not doing that. And just walk straight to the rent-a-car. Oh, wow. I love it. Anyways, that was a really long tangent of... We could talk about Legacy. I'm not really sure if people are super interested in that. But that's definitely the other constructed format for Vegas. And something we need to start thinking about soon. Well, uh, have I told you what I'm going to play in Legacy yet? No, but I thought we were on 150 Karma. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm playing Black Red Reanimator. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm cutting the pact. Okay, okay. Well, we'll try and figure something out then, because that's that's what I really want to play. Okay. You mean the Chancellor of the Annex deck, right? Yep. Yeah, it's what knocked me out of Louisville. It was uh, not pleasant. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I do think that deck is good. I just, I kind of took like a, a vow that I would stop playing non-brainstorm decks because I always win with them. So I like the like structured limit poker type of eternal format deck on occasion. So like when I played Eldrazi, just like it felt nice, man. 
Just like F6 their turn. Yeah, I, I did enjoy playing uh, like that Mono White Eldrazi Death and Taxes Hyper D deck, that GP. I don't remember what it was, but... Columbus. Yeah, Columbus. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed myself, but I, I do tend to win a lot more when I play with like Brainstorming Days. Yeah, I don't know. They just always fall I, for my traps, man. Oh, that's fair. They don't fall for mine. <laughs> they, they always think I have it. <laughs> I do always have it. <laughs> when is the standard ban announcement? It might be a week from Monday. That sounds kind of right in my head. 14th? Does that sound right? So that's the a week from Wednesday? It is June 14th. Yeah, I don't know. There's not really anything to talk about in standard. I think I think Marvel can and should get banned. And hopefully that solves all the problems. I agree with that, but I'm just concerned about the implications moving forward. Whatever. I, I think it is a situation where it's like, look, we blew it. This is, we're trying to fix it. And then we're also trying to fix it so that it doesn't happen again. Yeah, I mean, I'm just concerned about what the actual format looks like post-bans. I mean, I'm sure it's better. Don't get me wrong, but... I'm sure it's like energy, zombies, Mardu, blue-red control, yeah, uh, black-green. Like, all these decks are fair, right? Like, I don't even think that Mardu is particularly good against a lot of these decks. I mean, I definitely didn't understand people choosing to handicap themselves by playing team or energy. Their deck definitely looked very, very fair. Yeah, I so I've been playing with Marvel, and it felt like I was behind in those matchups, but not by much. Okay. It, it was like, if I did my thing, they could lose, but obviously they could just, like, play this fish game and get me. So, right. I don't know. Well, I feel like any deck can do that to some extent. Some better than others, obviously, but... Yeah, but that's, like, where the Mardu decks are going. That's where these Team or Energy decks are kind of going, so... You know, you board in, like, the trackers and the counter spells, and they just kind of felt, like, pre-boarded for that. I don't know. You just want to do, like, a mailbag over the next 24 hours? Dude, that would be cool. Do you think we can get enough questions? Yeah, so if, if we use our individual Twitters, that would be cool. Mm, okay. Yeah, we'll do that. So we need, we need to get a hashtag for everyone to use. Okay, I've never actually used one of those in my life, so I don't really understand how they work. I've only used them sarcastically. <laughs> that is awesome. It is completely expected, and for some reason, I did not know that. <laughs> I mean, you should have. And it's it's odd to me that I have not figured that out until now. Yeah, man, any time I've ever been like, hashtag something, I have no idea how they work. Okay. So, like... Danny, has you link the hashtags in the articles? I don't, I don't know, man. I'm not even going to get into it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do that, but I don't really understand the implications of how they work. Okay, okay. Well, once again, congratulations to <laughs> Andrew Ziggis for his GP Top 8. I'm proud of you, man. It's awesome. Spawning bed for life. Dude. And that's game! Good luck.